Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of uh, Tennis with an Accent. This is Saqib. Uh, French Open is around the corner and uh, we have the honor of uh, hosting Rene Danfeld, who is actually covering the French Open in Paris. Uh, and he's joining us for this small chat. He's uh, Most of you know him on Twitter. Uh, he covers tennis for most part of the year. So welcome, Rene. How, how are you doing? So far, so good. Thanks a bunch for having me. Pleasure's all ours. So I know you are there at the grounds. You just probably came back to your hotel. So uh, what are your takeaways from the qualifying event? And uh, is there anyone who stands out? And what's your observation on the men's side? Um, yeah, I mean, qualies has been pretty good. We've had, like, as opposed to, I think, the last couple of years, the first the, the qualies week's been blessed with sunshine with really fast conditions. And, and it's been a it's been a good couple of days. Like, the, the only issue always is with... with, with the last day of qualifying, it, it just coincides with um, the pre-tournament media day, so that always makes it a bit tough to just get a get a proper handle, I suppose, on um, both, uh, yeah, on, 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 on all the things that are going on because the Friday tends to be very, very busy. Uh, but I did end up spending quite a bit of time, like outside on the on the Monday on the Monday not, but on the Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, which was which was pretty good. And yeah, I. I thought it was it was cool to see that some of the some of the younger players like uh, uh, Stefanos Tsitsipas um, managed to managed to qualify uh, to have someone like him in the draw um, to see a more like a veteran player I suppose Simone Bolelli come through so it's a couple of really real quality players I think that have managed to make their way through the draws and also some surprises like the uh, Chilean um, uh, Jerry I hope that's pronouncing correctly but. Yeah, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting mixture of people, and um, also to have, for example, another young one in, in Andrei Rublev making making it in there as a lucky loser, and um, yeah, those are those are all pretty pretty entertaining people, fairly uh, uh, entertaining players, and um, I think it's it's going to be a yeah, it's going to be a good one. Uh, Do you get a chance to see any of these guys like Rublev or Sitsipas? Uh... Um, well, I, I talked to Tsitsipas after after he qualified after he qualified after he won his, his third round um, match against uh, German Oscar Otte, and he was just absolutely elated. Just um, basically said that this is one of the best days of his life, and uh, he didn't expect it to come this early because I mean he's eighteen, he's just barely like in the in the process of doing the entire transition from from the juniors to the to the to the uh, pro tour, and that that can always like. We all know that it, it, for some players it can take a little bit longer. Some of them are in this transition phase for about one and a half years, two years. Some of them get stuck in it and, and tr- just struggle to ever make the jump. And for him, it's a pretty big thing, I suppose, to just to just qualify uh, at the age of 18 at the French Open. Like uh, it seemed to be a pretty pretty big deal to him, to his dad who was there and his coaches. So a lot of a lot of very happy happy people. Yeah. Sort of after they after they head off court, and you've obviously got the the, the flip, side, flip side of the coin when you've got the person who ends up losing in the in, in the third round of qualies, which is always sort of barely missing out on on, uh, on the main draw, which is, which is also tough. Yeah, we spoke to Sitsipas on the podcast a few months ago. He's a great kid, and I'm 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 happy that he you know got his first breakthrough. But things don't get easier. He drew Ivo Karlovic. He, yeah, yeah, he's got someone who's more than twenty years older than him, so that's a bit of a, a bit of a generation battle, I think. Which I which I always find very interesting because there's there, there's a whole there, there's a whole lot more than tennis just going into these matches where there's such a huge 
gap between like one on, 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 between the two sides of the net essentially. Uh, but it, I, I guess I, I, in a way, I think Tsitsipas might have a bit of a shot in that match. But it also depends on if if it ends up getting colder in the first in, in the first couple of days of, of the main draw action, which is sort of predicted to happen. If it slows down a bit, I think that Tsitsipas might have a chance to just return. Kalovic's serves a bit better, but if it stays as as baking as it has been for the past few days um, on, on their first round match, then then yeah, Stefanos is going to have a lot. He's going to have his work cut out, I suppose. Yeah, before we start discussing the main draw, who else have you seen in practice courts? Uh... Oh, around the practice courts, I've yeah, the obvious ones, of course, with with uh, Djokovic and, and and Agassi, I suppose that was one of the. Uh, one of the busier the busier practices I've seen for a, for a player in um, in the last couple of months and weeks um, it was it always it almost felt like the entire media center was out on a very small court five on um, Wednesday afternoon to just on Thursday afternoon Wednesday or Thursday I don't know no it was yesterday it was yesterday it was Thursday to just to watch Djokovic practice with uh, his new coach on side which is still very much the talk of talk of the town, I suppose. Um, and yeah, then on 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 Saturday, like because like um, Murray was practicing, Nadal was practicing. Um, Murray, I was a little bit, I was not completely convinced by Murray in practice. He did not look like he was in in perfect shape, I suppose. And he also like said that he had a bit of a he hadn't had been a bit under the weather earlier this week, but he still got a bit of time to just get get things sorted out until he has his first match so not not necessarily too worried there um and yeah nadal's been has seemed just just very 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 motivated which given his his season on play so far is it's perfectly understandable uh, the other big story uh, is on the women's side with the return of uh, petra kvitova after the unfortunate uh, incident earlier in the year so that's that's another pretty big story. That's that's a very big story, and I think that was the best, might have been the best attended press conference of, of today, obviously. And um, Petra's been training yesterday in the um, in the practice area, which is basically just reserved to people and, 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 and tournament stuff. So that's generally not really where uh, where we have much of a look in, I suppose. But today she, she practiced on Suzanne Langlon and... Um, had uh, was on there for for a good hour. Very 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 smiley. Very happy. Just um, very very good spirits. Very happy to be back. But also she did she did acknowledge that her hand is not 100% yet, and that it's been a uh, very long and very long and winding road, I suppose. But um, yeah, and it's 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 still like a recovery process for her. So there's there's still she's still not 100% in terms of feeling her hand the way that she felt it before before the um, incident in, in December. But the fact that she has been able to get back at all and that she's been able to get back this early, I I feel is is a triumph in itself on her end because I'll be honest, I did not expect her especially considering how severe it would it sounded, I did not expect her to be back until Wimbledon or even later this year. I mean, it's a terrific news. At this point, her result doesn't even matter. It's just such a great feeling to have her back on her tennis court. Yeah, hopefully things work out and you know she finds some rhythm for Wimbledon. 
I think so, that's, that's the long term. That not not long term, but the short short term goal is just to, to so she feels like she gets uh, gets her feet going again on court because she basically said like I can play. I might not be able to play just the way that I want to or just as well as I as I used to, but I it would be like I'd feel weird if knowing that I can play and not playing the French Open. So for her, it's just a good. I think it's a good way to just dip her feet back into the water and not have a lot of expectation on her shoulders and just have the sort of, uh, right. yeah, happiness to be, to be back in court. So what's the feeling in the press room if you have interacted with anyone on the Sharapova absence? I know it's the news from the previous week, but uh, is, there still, is this still, still a topic? Have you opened? I feel, I feel, for me, it hasn't been really a topic anymore. It just felt, for me, it felt like this is sort of a, I, I barely that anything it's been it's been mentioned here and there in passing in, in, in passing but it's I never feel like it's been the main topic of conversation as of like the last few days. Um, it I think it was just with the announcement of the French Tennis Federation's president last week on, on uh, um, early last week uh, it, it kind of took the wind out of the sail. I think talking talking about it, we we could talk about it for as long as we want to. And I think we like I think a lot of people have talked about it at great at great length. I know I've talked to many people about it at, at, um, in, ever since Stuttgart because I was also in Stuttgart when she played her first tournament back um, as media, and it was that was obviously just the talk of the week. There was no there was no other topic, barely 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 another topic, and um, I feel it. it Kind of the, the whirlwind came to a stop with Sharapova's uh, small injury that she sustained in her match against Mariana Lucic-Baroni in Rome, and at the same t- at the same t- day also the um, announcement that she wasn't going to get a wild card for either main draw or qualifying. And to me, like I know that many other people might differ, but to me the, the discussion kind of has almost exhausted itself at some point after Madrid and in Rome because. It, was it was we were going on and on and on about the same thing and just wondering like another wildcat here yes no yes no and like I'm this is not a comment on her absence or this is not what I feel about her absence but I'm kind of glad that for now that this sort of will they won't they this this entire debate has been put on put on rest a little bit because it um yeah it, it was a lot it was um. It was obvious that was going to happen, but I'm not too upset that we don't have this discussion. I'm neither here nor there, there with her not being uh, at the French. Who are your players that you're following, uh, and what's the focus back in Germany on tennis? I, I think I think the players we follow quite heavily <laughs> is other player that I followed quite heavily over the past two weeks in Madrid and Rome. Is in Rome was obviously Alexander Zverev. I think that it, it, it kind of goes without saying, um, and to, so and and Angeli Kerber because with Kerber we all in German press as well as in international press we're all kind of wondering like is she when when is she go is she going to get out of the sort of rut that she's in when is that going to happen I think there's considerable reason for for that for that to happen at the French Open because it's just. It's just not the surface where she feels 100% comfortable. It's not where she moves at her best, where her movement sort of 
kind of works in her fa- in her favor. She just doesn't doesn't feel that comfortable sliding, at, according to her, obviously. But um, yeah, for me, for me, the main story of the past two weeks has obviously been uh, Alexander Zverev um, winning his first Masters title, which was um, I, w- I was considering because I had such a I had the Stuttgart Madrid. I was thinking about skipping Rome because it, I thought maybe a couple of days at home would do me a world of good. But in the end, I decided to go to Rome, and I'm I'm very happy I did because uh, there was not there wasn't another. <laughs> I was basically the only the only German there. Um, covering covering the, tour- the tournament at that extent and um yeah it was it was very cool to see this sort of i suppose huge but uh, not just a step i think it was a huge milestone like a couple of milestones that he sort of ran past in that week with uh entering the top 10 beating uh someone as Djokovic in the finals i mean the lead up to the to, to his title in Rome, I, he didn't play out and out play court players. Like I, I think a lot of people would agree that Anderson, Raonic, uh, Isner, and others are not necessarily the people that come to your mind when you think of play court prowess. But um, he beat he, he beat the people who were in front of him, and especially considering that he said he felt fairly tired at the beginning of the week in Rome, uh, I thought it was all the more surprising and interesting that he managed to, to grab that title and break this sort of duck of uh, no young players being able to win a Masters 1000 title. So yeah, Sarah has been a big, big focus on my end, um, and also to a certain degree uh, Laura Siegemann, but unfortunately she sustained um, that terrible injury in, in, in Nuremberg and is going to be out for many, many months due to um, tearing her crucial ligaments in the knee. That's a big bummer, I suppose, for, 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 for Germans in terms of like who have we been kind of keeping an eye on in the past couple of weeks. But um, we'll see. I'm, I'm curious to see how they're going to do here in, in Madrid, especially the men, because they've been, they've been dealt a very, tough, a very tough draw. Yeah, I mean, with Sasha Zverev, Germans, German fans finally have a real contender. I know like since the Becker-Steak era ended a long time ago, Kiefer, Haas... Schreiber, but now this guy is, is legit. I think everybody thinks it's only a matter of time when he actually starts winning these majors. For me, personally, I feel like this week in Rome has been coming almost maybe a couple of months early. I thought, it, I thought he, like in terms of what he is capable of, I think he was going to win these sort of titles at some point. I'm surprised it happened last week. I'll be completely honest about that. I think to a certain extent he was little surprised that it happened in this particular week. Not that it happened, but in this week. Um, but yeah, in terms of German men's tennis, I think it's a um, pretty big thing. It's, it's, it's good, good to see him uh, just, just get to these sort of, to put himself into these positions to be in contention for, for these sort of titles. And it, in theory, he could have also made it to... Um, to a semi-final in Madrid, just ran, but just was running on fumes against Cuevas, and Cuevas is a is a solid player. Lost to him, and but overall, I think that with the, the thing with him is is that his ambition and his drive are very, 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 uh, yeah, I wouldn't say exceptional, but they're very strong. So he's like even after his title in Rome, like the second an hour afterwards, I talked to him and I was like, so how the, how does all of this sound? And he said basically, well. It sounds great. It still sounds very, really good. It's still going to sound great tomorrow, but I know I'll have to put in the work again the moment that I step out on court in Paris on the Wednesday. And uh, I want to get better. I want to improve. And so 
he's very driven, um, which I think is, is going to help him in the long term, especially that he just, he was satisfied winning, but he was not uh, winning Rome, but I, he never comes across as someone who's satisfied, period. So um, that, that is definitely something I think that's going to help him along quite a, quite a bit in the, in the next couple of years. There are always uh, rumors or suggestions, say, between fans uh, on Twitter uh, that a Boris Becker, uh, Sasha Zverev partnership could happen. Is, is there any truth to that, or those are just like mere suggestions? That are I, so, as far as I can tell, these are mere suggestions. I'm not sure. And it could happen. It could happen at some point down the line. But at the moment, I'm not sure if if if, if it's necessary. Really, if if he needs, if not that I'm saying, I'm not saying that. Becker wouldn't be offering him great insight or uh, or that Becker doesn't have anything to offer. I don't think that's that, but I'm not sure it's necessary at the moment because he's got a really solid team around him. He's got um, he's got a good support system, solid uh, good, good, his family with him, uh, fantastic fitness coach in, in, in Jess Green and um, his dad doing, I think, a very, very fine job and, and being a good dad good and good coach. I think that's, those are two very very important uh, aspects that you know, just I don't know, a good a good coach, and but, but he's also he's I, I feel like he's both in a way. A I don't think right now Becker would be a necessary addition if he does choose to I don't know add someone to his team. If he does choose to add a Becker to his team, I mean, all power to him. But I'm not sure it's necessary right now, and I haven't heard anything like definite that that's gonna happen at some point in the foreseeable future. I totally agree with your sentiments. Uh, that's a whole different discussion. Maybe we can have it some other time between <laughs> coach and super coach. So let's look at the men's draw. What stands out for like uh, great matches or the first first week or even first round to begin with? First round, I think like looking at the first at the very first page, um, there is looking at like at the top at the top quarter. I think, for example, Berdic Struff could be decent if Struff is able to just uh, kind of. Um, put away the little injury that he might have had in Geneva, and Berdic might be arriving a tad tired because he's playing finals in Lyon, I think, on, on the Saturday. So he's going to have uh, a fairly heavy schedule in the in, in the run up to um, to the French Open. I'm really curious to see what uh, Tanasi Kokinakis is going to be able to do against Kane Ishikari, which is obviously a, a brutal, brutal draw. Um, but I'm I'm very happy to see Tanasi back on court. I think he's got. A lot of off- got a lot to offer to the sport. Got a good game, fun game, uh, a fun character as well. Uh, so it's been it's been sad to see him outside for that long. Um, and I hope he's hope he'll be able to just to stay fairly injury free for the rest of the year and and not be not just end up with with having another issue or another body part playing up every every other week. Um, Sam Crary, uh, Hyun Chung. I think Chung's been playing a very good clay court season. Played well in Barcelona, played well in Munich. Um, I think he can at least put up a very, very veritable fight. And uh, then there's a, obviously the most, on, on paper, one of the most entertaining matches, I think, is Gal Monfils against Dustin Brown. I think there's quite a couple of people who are looking at that match thinking, I'm going to get myself a, a big back, a big pack of popcorn, sit down and just watch that. Let's talk about that section where uh, Monfils and Gasquet are living in the draw. Uh, both are coming really undercooked, haven't played much tennis. Uh, do you see upsets there? Uh, I think Shadi and Chung could come through there and play in the third round. 
I think this entire this entire section of of Cilic and Vavrinka, there's a lot of a lot of question marks there. Um, Kira has been injured uh, in in Madrid and Rome, not been to, not been at his very best. Um, uh, Fonini, who knows? Like who knows um, what what uh, he's going to bring to the table or not, or if his father is still is his new father is still basically uh, at the forefront in his in his mind. Um, Ferrer. Ferrer is not the Ferrer he was a couple of years ago. Yeah, I think this this section is kind of ripe for a couple of uh, surprising surprising results and uh, a couple of um, query um, uh, suggestion of of Chung Chadi. I think it could happen. I'm I'm still not 100% sold. For example, on Nishikori, I think Nishikori should not necessarily lose to Michel Ferrer from clay, but um, maybe it was just. His main goal to get a couple of matches under his belt, which he did manage to do. So, and he's going to have a late start either on Monday or on Tuesday. So, maybe he's going to roll into into Paris with a bit of, uh, yeah, with decent form and with with wrists that aren't hurting anymore. How about Chilich Gulbis? Fun match, fun match, isn't it? Interesting one, interesting one. I have no idea where. Like, I mean, Anis is a, is a, is a, is a yeah bag of surprises, I suppose. Like. Who knows what's going to happen with him? I I asked Marin today in, in press. I was like, so what do you, what do you make of that? Because like you've not like I mean you've played each other before, but you know that that Ennis been been out for a couple of for a couple of months or almost a year, and um, he just basically said, yeah, looking at Ennis, he's a big, he's a player who's extremely talented and, and got a big game, but that's also what's so unpredictable with him, and you never know. He hasn't played a while, uh, like. Marin hasn't seen him play, and no one really knows what's, what 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 is the situation with Ennis. Is he is he actually healthy? Is he not healthy? Is he just is he just taking the um, the protected ranking into the tournament so that he doesn't lose it at some point this year? So no one really knows. Um, yeah, he, he withdrew from the qualies, I think. In uh, he was supposed to play qualies in Geneva, yeah, and he was nursing some sort of a calf injury. I guess he just once Federer withdrew, he got in the main draw. So I guess. You needed more rest, but yeah, you never know with this guy. I mean, he's uh, very talented, very mercurial. I think games better off when he's in the draws, but never know with him. I agree. I agree. I think I think he's always a fun addition to the draw because, and and also like when when Anis Gilvis is playing well, it's always interesting. Like I look, I I think sometimes you might not agree with some of the stuff that he says, but. Anis Gulbis does not beat about beat about the bush. He's not he's not not exactly known for minting his words. So I, I when Anis Gulbis comes into press, you, you know you're going to get a couple of very you're probably going to have a bit of an an interesting quote here and there. So um, I'm I'm and like when he plays well, he plays really well. Like he didn't he didn't just stumble his way into into the semifinals in in Paris a couple of years ago. And um, yeah, curious to see if he's actually fully healthy or not. If he's not, I think he might have. It might be a bit of a big ask of him to to do much in this in this match. Yeah, I mean, I like to add, I'm a big fan too of Gulbis. And one thing uh, I know, I agree with what you said about Gulbis. He, he says uh, some things, and he's great uh, for press room interviews. But the, the most striking thing about Gulbis is is his attitude, his positivity. No matter who he's playing, he's actually a better top ten player than he's more likely to lose against uh, you know lower ranked players. His very unapologetic attitude is—he has this confidence that a lot of uh, people, a lot of players, that maybe 15 to 30 lack when they play the big guys. 
this is one guy who's come out guns blazing and you know he he can he can hang with the best yeah he gets up for it he gets up for the big time that's always sometimes sometimes like his 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 game kind of falls to pieces because like i mean we all we've all talked about that forehand and that is a volatile sometimes a volatile at worst and and miraculous shot at best uh, uh kind of ground stroke but yeah he gets up for the for the big time and for the for the big stage i think which is which is good. If we need these sort of players who get who get up in big moments when they play the big guys, and not those who just step on court where you know there's going to be a three and four and three looming. So um, that's I think it's a good thing, definitely to have him have him around and, and maybe have him uh, do some things. Whether that's going to be at this tournament, I I doubt it, but we'll see. Uh, another intriguing matchup involves a German, Goldschreiber and Kyrgios. Yeah. That's box office right there. Yeah, it, it could be box office. It could be also a complete and utter dud because both both are coming in off of off of injury issues. Like Cole Schreiber twisted his ankle. I think his ankle, but at least he's got he had had an issue with his foot in um, in Rome. Had to withdraw from Rome with uh, with with an injury. So um, not I as far as I understood, it's it's getting there. He's I think he's going to be fine. Um, with with Nick, I've no idea if if he's one hundred percent or not. Uh, I'm going to try and maybe catch him, catch a couple of glimpses of him training maybe tomorrow. Wasn't able to do so today, um, just to see whether he's like how how he's how he is physically. But then again, it's always a bit tough to say with him because his, he always goes. He has very short, high intensity patches in his in his training. So if if, if he doesn't feel one hundred percent, he's not gonna like sort of give give away. Anything in training, I suppose, and um, it could be great, but it could. I, I'm a bit worried that it could severely, uh, severely like fall underneath its billing to a certain degree if they're both still not at, at, at their best. Before we move ahead to the bottom half, uh, if you were to make prediction, I know it's a silly exercise. Who do you think will be the first week up uh, casualty, or what seed makes to the quarterfinals? Who I think will make the quarterfinals? I. Like my confidence in Andy Murray at the moment is, is understandably fairly low. Um, my confidence in Juan Matilde Potro is also not skyrocketing high, mainly because like he's put it out there that he's got back, he's got back issues, he's got neck issues, uh, and, and and he was like not apparently, allegedly, he was not one hundred percent sure whether he was going to play, going to play. So Del Potro over five sets on play, like yeah, it's a, it's a it's a tough one. Um, but like to me, I I think in the in the top in the top quarter, I like I'm not even going quarterfinals. I'm going semis here. I think that, for example, if he's able to conserve the sort of form that he had in Rome, I think like, I'm actually going to lean myself out of the window a bit here and say that Alexander Zverev has got a very veritable shot at making quarters at least, maybe even semis, because who knows what's going to happen in the in, in that top bracket with. Um, Murray, Del Potto, Isner, and Burdich, because that's also that's fairly unpredictable. Um, so I think that there is like this is not just me with with my with, with with my German hat on. Like that's taking the German hat off and looking at this like from Sasha Zverev is a global hat. It's not a German hat anymore. Everybody's you know a believer, uh, but I think he has a tough match against Cuevas. That that could yeah. be tricky. Yeah, I agree. I think that's the biggest building block for him. Like I think afterwards he might be fine, but Cuevas over Cuevas is a tough one. Cuevas is not um, is not going to roll over, and he's he's 
he's playing well. Cuevas has been playing really well over the past couple of of weeks. He's lost twice to Dominic Team, but like a lot of people have lost to Dominic Team in the past couple of weeks as well. So no, there's no shame in that. I think that's a tough. It's a t- it's one of the tougher sort of third round matches um, that are slated to happen. But overall, I think he's a he's a fair pick, but. The fact that I'm picking Zverev in the top half also kind of shows how low my confidence is with some of the other guys. And uh, who's coming? Oh, so he, he's a semi-final pick. I he's coming from the the Chilich Wawrinka Yeah, that's that's. But this entire top half is is, is rough. I I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with um, Wawrinka for the semis here because I think he's gonna show up. I think he's. He's been playing pretty good ball in Geneva this week, um, which is good to see. I hope he hasn't sort of squandered all his uh, all his good good ball there. But um, I think I think Vavrinka is a fair pick for for the semifinals, um, mainly because while Chilich hasn't been playing bad on clay, I don't think that I'm gonna leave myself out of the window and say um, Marin Chilich, French Open semifinalist this year. Um, yeah, that's that's. I I think it's very Vavrinka semi final wouldn't be out of the out of the expected, but I'm not I'm not as, I'm not 100 confident with that. Fair enough. What do you think? Where's where, where's your? Where, I think, you think these are fair picks, but I'm gonna just make a bold prediction. If Fabio Fonini wakes up in the right set of the bed, you know he, he's gonna knock out Vavrinka because I feel like Vavrinka is a great five set player, but at some point this style is gonna catch up. I, I know. Lightning has struck three times. Nobody expected him to win Roland Garros and then U.S. Open. Uh, I just think a guy like Fabio, if he gets hot, he can just stop the run right there. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah, Wawrinka's Zverev semifinal is, is a good possibility. And uh, Songa is another guy who can who can join the conversation. If uh, he, he started playing well, I think he's the final in Lyon. Yeah. So yeah. He's another guy to watch out for. He could. He could. With, with Songa, is all, if, you never know. Like He had he had that run to the semifinals here. Yeah, the year Wawrinka won, two thousand fifteen. Two years, two years ago, right? Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. That was the year when also parts of uh, Coach Philippe Chatrier kind of fell off and then dropped into the stands. Yeah, that was that was the year when 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 Tonga made made semis here. And I look, I don't think it's out of the out of the possible, like out of the realms of possibility. But I'm I'm less than inclined to put to put too much. Um, Faith in him just based on the past few weeks before before Leon and uh, before Leon and that could be um, like I don't know Carl Edmund could knock out Zonka on a good day I think it's fair to say there's a lot of opportunity up for grabs in yes. that section yeah I agree I agree uh, let's let's switch to the bottom uh, what stands out in the first first round and first round matches I thought that um, there's a possibility that I don't think it's going to happen but I think. Benoit Paire against Rafael Nadal is a is a fun match. It's a it is. it's a fun it's a very tasty opener. It's not a ta- it's not a match that Nadal was particularly even like I'm not sure that's great news because um, with with Paire you never know. Paire's like Paire's basically like a a bit of a French a French goal is I suppose volatile forehand that can either sort of find its way into court regularly or fly off of the handle. At every every third stroke, um, tall guy, uh, 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 good, great backhand, great backhand, but um, also a character. I suppose that's the preferable term to use in case of in case of Benoit. And um, 
Lajovic, Lajovic, uh, uh, um, Bellucci, I think could be a fun, a fun, ma- a fun, fun opener around because both are playing these decent ball. Both have got fairly pretty games. It might be a bit of a head case game and a head case match in a way that they're both struggling a little bit to, uh, to get. Maybe if it goes into a fifth set, I can see a couple of breaks and rebreaks in the <laughs> towards the end there. But um, overall, like I've got to say that. Bottom half is much stronger in terms of the seed, but I think top half has the more has the duty of first round. I think there, there there are a couple of good first rounds in there, but I think the bottom half is more about like if if the seed make it through the first two or three matches, then we're gonna have a couple of real fireworks in there. Yeah, Grigor Dimitrov also has come out with a very soft draw. I think he has a great chance yep. uh, to at least make the second week. I think yeah, I agree. I think he's got a fair he's got. Um, He's got a very fair shout. That's a very fair shout, and I think a fourth round for for, for Grigor should be at the should be um, not expected. But no, it actually should be expected. Like he should make fourth fourth round out of that draw. But then again, like, Grigor's also had a pretty rough patch from Indian Wells until um, until Madrid again, and uh, Madrid losing that match to that very very high quality match, I thought, uh, to Dominic team and uh, squand- not squandering five match points, but losing after having five match points. And he's had a couple of those losses, and I'm not quite sure if his if his confidence is at an all time high at the moment, especially considering like how strong the start to his year has been. It's it's a bit surprising to me that he's had this sudden drop off again after. Uh, after the US hardcore swing, but like this, with this sort of draw, he's got no excuse basically not to make second week. I I think he's got a it's a it's a good it's a good shot uh, for him to just get another solid result at a major. Anyone stands out uh, in Novak Djokovic's path in the second week? No, <laughs> no. I'll be honest. I I don't I don't think that um I. As I'm, I'm shocked that Misha Zverev is in a play is, is, is in a play finals in in Geneva. I'm shocked because, like, based on what I like, I talked to him in Madrid, and he was like, "Yeah, this is this is not working for me because he he hadn't been playing particularly well on on clay up until up until that point." He was like, "I'm gonna enjoy like the nice cities like Paris, Madrid, uh, Rome. I'm happy to play the big tournaments, but I can't wait to get back on, on grass." So um, I'm, I'm probably he's probably as shocked as I am that that, that he's made made a fi- made a finals on clay. But then again, maybe he's he's got his younger brother in, in Rome doing really well. And he's like, nope, I cannot let him have all the glory. So I'm gonna just win six or seven matches in a row on clay and make make my first finals in seven years. So great, great for him. But I don't think that Mitchell Zverev is gonna is, is gonna be a danger to to Novak Djokovic if. If he does make the third round, like I'm, I'm not convinced that Mitchell Zverev is a, is a, is a not going to win third round. So yeah, I think uh, Diego Schwartzman might have a say there. I think he might be playing Novak Djokovic in the third round. Exactly. I think I think even even Sosa, but Sosa is actually better indoors and like on faster surfaces. So um, I think Diego Schwartzman's been playing a good ball this play season, and I think he's he's a fair, he's a good shot to to make make third round and uh, from that little bracket. But beyond that, I think. Like if Luca Pui gets gets on a roll in a fourth round, I think that's a that could be a tough test. But like he'd need to play very well. But then again, on the on the other hand, this is one thing that I feel has been kind of um, 
it's kind of been like brushed underneath the carpet a little bit. Like as great as Djokovic played against team in the in the semifinals in Rome, he was he was awesome. He was outstanding, the best I've seen him play in many 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 months. Um, I feel like his performance in the finals against Zverev was under par. I'm still not 100% like sold on on whether Djokovic just got this sort of day in day out consistency back because that's what made him so so good in the past uh, is that he was able to bring 90 that, that his 90% of his game were better than almost anyone else's uh, than what anyone else had to offer and he was able to just deliver that so so with with so much um, uh, with such continuity and with such consistency and. I feel like the announcement of Agassi as his new coach has kind of rushed the question, like, is he as consistent? Like, is he going to be able to bring that on a consistent level again, on a, on a consistent basis again, that sort of level, as I understand? Because he hasn't been able to do it. Maybe with the exception of Rome, he had a couple of very tough runs, but he hasn't been able to do it in the past five months. So I'm not as... Like, I think it's kind of the forgotten question in a way because everyone's naturally... Like, Completely understandably so. Very intrigued and interested by the family partnership with, with uh, Andrew Agassi. So now uh, let's see. Uh, let's make predictions then, because uh, this draw where it has most of the favourites: uh, Nadal, uh, Djokovic, and Team, and even Goffin. So Goffin as well. Who, yeah. Who do you see coming out of uh, the bottom half? Look, I think I think it's fair to to put. I think. Uh, I'll put Nadal into the quarterfinals, and from the, from the top half, I'll go. I'll actually go with Dimitrov. Dimitrov, and I think it'll be Nadal, Dimitrov, and Nadal winning. And then the, that bottom quarter is actually that's a tough shout. I'll, to me, it's Djokovic against either Team or Goffner, and that is a, that is a tough one because it was also a very very good match last year at the French Open. I thought they also played. Uh, they, they played fourth round. Um, they played quarterfinals there. Uh, to me, the best men's match of the tournament. And I'm I, I, like, to me, that's a toss up. That's uh, that could be anyone. Could be anyone. Either of them, because Goffard's got the better head to head. But I feel like he has unlocked a little bit more in the past couple of weeks with Madrid and with Rome and uh, in Barcelona. I feel he's kind of stepped it up another notch. Or um, yeah, I think that I think teams got um, teams kind of stepped it up a notch in the past two or three weeks and um, I'll go with Rakovic and team and I might actually go out on a limp and say we might get a No, I'm only supposed to pick the quarterfinals, right? So I won't. <laughs> No, you can pick semis because you had Wawrinka as well in the semis. In the... I might go out on a limp and say that it's not even that much of a limp, but I think he might get his revenge on, on Djokovic in the quarter. But it's it's a it's a far, it's a it's a it's a long shot. Like I'm, I think it could be like a Djokovic uh, Nadal semi-final. Yeah, let's leave it the semi-finals, and uh, we have Zverev, Wawrinka, and Djokovic Nadal. And uh, yeah, I, I don't think I can pick against Djokovic Nadal the way. Uh, Djokovic played against team. It's a matchup, I think. Yeah. Uh, but if Djokovic is taken down by Luka Pui, then I think Dominic team Nadal could be playing in a semi. So uh, a lot of ifs and buts in there. But yeah, uh, you have to pick the field. I, I also pick Djokovic Nadal. As always, a lot of a lot of ifs, a lot of buts, a lot of could have, could have, should have, would have. Yes. <laughs> it's a fun game, and we all it know is. we all know we're going to scratch our heads in, in two weeks' time. So I did not see this coming. But 
Ah, no, I, I think a lot of us do see uh, Nadal making, at the very least, the semifinals coming, and I think he is, like, overall, he's still the heavy favorite for, for to, win, to win his 10th uh, French Open title. So you see Sasha Zverev, Nadal, if that's a final, how do you see that going? I think uh, I think I'd be I'd be hard pressed not to not to put, not to not to go to go with Nadal, but right now who knows in two weeks who knows who's going to be there. But if you ask if you had to ask me right now, I think in a in a final of a Grand Slam at the French Open, best of five, Nadal against Zverev and Clay, as good as Zverev is, I think I think you you, you would uh, I'd be it, it would be. Difficult not to go for, for Rafa. And they also had that 6-1, 6-1 uh, meeting in uh, Monte Carlo, right? On his 20th birthday, yes. That was that was not the present that he wanted, but um, he got it nonetheless. So, yeah. Uh, hey, uh, before, yeah, this is the men's draw, so uh, we won't spend that much time in the women's uh, draw, breaking down section by section, but uh, who, who are the players you are focusing on? I've got uh, who, who are your contenders and who are your dark horses? I've got five play. I'm, I'm, basically, what I've done is I've, all what I'm still doing is I'm writing five previews with, with the favourites for both men's and women's. And um, for, for men's, I think we've named we've named them quite like pretty much. Um, for the women's, I've got I've got my eye open for Elena Svitolina, for Kristina Mladenovic, for Svetlana Kuznetsova, um, for Gabinia Muguruza. That's to me is like one of the rougher sections of the draw with Muguruza and Madenovic potentially meeting in the fourth round. Um, Muguruza, you never quite know if she's going to be able to click in to, to click into gear, but I felt like she'd kind of been on her way to getting there in, in Roma before she had to pull out with with that neck injury that she sustained. Um, but I think she she will be fine again in terms of like how she's feeling physically. Nadenovic, I think, could show up as, yeah, the sort of... I don't even think she's a dark horse because she's easily in the top 10 of the year so far, uh, even though she's seeded number 13. But, um, yeah, to me, Nitalina, Nadenovic, Kuznetsova, and Halep. And I think Halep's been a bit of a draw winner. Halep's got a solid, um, like a solid first first couple of matches, but I'm still I'm still a bit worried about Halep's ankle because um, like the, uh, one, one of the ligaments on the outside has been torn and um, she looked bad. Like, I've, I've watched a lot of her practice because to me, like, up until that ankle twist, she was the heavy favorite for, to, win, uh, to win the French this year, but with that ankle twist happening in the finals of Rome against Nicolina, I've been, uh, I'm a little bit more cautious and, and so is she. I've you can tell that it's still bothering her. She's been able to run and move better today, but it's still small steps and day by day by day. So she's, I, I think she's, like she's going to have another MRI check today and tomorrow, seeing how it's been progressing and if there's still a tear there. It's apparently a small tear, but it's a tear. And um, today, considering how much she also needs to move and how physical, how, how, how reliant she is on movement in terms of getting in position to balls and then striking the ball as smoothly and crisply as she does. I think it, uh, it's, a, it's a significant issue, but I, if the chips fall away, it could still work out for her. But it's, the women's draw is it's a very open, it's, a, it's, a, it's an even level playing field overall to me. Yeah, it's been, uh, this is, I think, the most open it has been. And, and I agree with you, I don't see any other name outside those five uh, as a winner. 
And uh, Mladenovic is going to be quite interesting because she's having her best year and coming in at home slam. Uh, the crowd pressure and expectations you know, can add up. And we've seen in the past what's happened with Amelie Moresmo and Mary Pierce, even though Pierce won it finally. Mm. So it's going to be fun two weeks to yeah. follow her. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. I think the thing with, with Kiki is she, I think she, she kind of she relishes that sort of atmosphere. Like un, Unlike others who kind of crumble, a little bit more, she relishes the big stage. She's like, yeah, I want this. I want to be there in the spotlight on Chartier, having 13,000 or, or, or however many people fit into the stadium, like people cheering on. Um, I think she's a lot more open to embracing that. However, one thing I disagree with you on is I think there could be a lot more names that could win this because, <coughs> sorry, um, because I think it's... Um, even beyond that, I think Halep, it, it was Halep who said it in Rome. There's 15 people who can win this. There's 15 players who can win this. Maguruza said the same today. So there's 10 or 15, 15, 15 girls who can win this title. Like, and I kind of agree. There's, like, even, even people, if, if things turn out a certain way, it's not entirely unfeasible that someone like Pavlyuchenko could win this. Or, um, or Stozer. Like, to me, it's really that wide open and depending on how the first couple of rounds go, like we could have an, an absolute exodus in terms of seeded players. We could have a lot of the seeded players sticking around and the dark horse is sort of falling by the wayside. So who knows? It's, it's, uh, it's going to be very interesting. Like I think the women, the women, the women are going to have a lot of, it's going to have more twists and turns than an Agatha Christie novel. So um, I'm very, very intrigued by that. I'm very much looking forward to it. So let me ask you, what version or uh, what edition do you like? The women's edition where so many players can actually win this whole thing or the men's game where it's usually been the top four and now in this year's edition we can throw in Zverev and team in the discussion? I think I think that, I think the ATP side's gotten a bit more interesting to me because it is, it is you have you've got a bit of a, a mixture of people like that. I think Rome was a fantastic week. Like Rome, the, the week in Rome was really necessary in order to spice things up a little bit ahead of the French Open because... Um, that way, you've had you had Nadal having a bit of an early exit, but she's never won all four of his big four tournaments, meaning Monte Carlo, Barcelona, Madrid, and, and and Rome. He's never won all four of them. Like three is the maximum. So what he did this year is pretty much as well as he's ever played on clay um, before French Open. So still the heavy favorite. But with team taking Nadal out, you can you could put team a bit more on the on, on the short list again with uh, Djokovic making finals making very short work of team. You could back, you could move Djokovic a bit further up the list to get with Zverev winning the title, you could move him up very far up the list. So I think with Goffer playing pretty well as well, but that, that's also a name that we probably shouldn't shouldn't be forgetting. So I think it's it's gotten a little more interesting on the on the men's side. I think it's a good thing. Um, on the women's side it's almost it's almost stressful in a way to follow it for my end, for me, because like every match is important. Like you've got First round matches between I don't know um, Kuznetsova and Mikhail. Mikhail can win this. Like if Kuznetsova goes on one of the walkabouts, Mikhail can win this, and you've got like, one of the favorites dropping out on the first in the first round or on the first day. So um, I love how open it is, but it also makes it a very stressful tournament to follow because you've got two big guys and ears and everything open for the entirety of each day just to make sure you keep your finger on the pulse and that's a, that's a lot of work but it's it's work I enjoy so um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it 
Absolutely. Uh, like you said, it's uh, very intriguing, the openness, and uh, I cannot wait for this to start on Sunday. So thanks for doing this, and uh, we'll keep following you on Twitter and probably engage with you throughout the tournament. Happily. And uh, we'll let you do this again. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you very much.